You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 226 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Andy. Hello, hello, hello. No Jay this week because I believe he's he's doing some role play, isn't he? I know. How 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 rude on podcast recording night. Uh to be fair, we are doing this on a slightly different night than we would normally, so we will let him off. But and he is doing some geeky as well, so I think that's even more kind of reason for him to take the evening off. So hope you're having fun there, Jay. Um so we've got quite a busy show this week because this little thing called LVOs just happened. Um, and at this this event, we tend to see some new stuff, which is exactly what has happened. So oh, we'll boy, be chatting about that. Stuff. That Yeah, some really good stuff. So we'll be chatting about that a little bit later on in the show. It'll also be tied into this week's top three as well. Um, but there is also some other tasty bits and bobs in the new segment. Spoiler alert. There's a, there's some big old world news in there, so can't wait to talk about that. Uh, and of course, we've got the next segment, which is finding out what we've been doing in the hobby since the last podcast, which actually was only a couple of weeks ago. So, so far, so good for 2024 and keeping this as regular as possible. Oh, um, yeah, let's pick on you first, Max. I don't think we go to you first very often. What have you been up to in the hobby? What have I been up to in the hobby? I've been up to all sorts in the hobby, Dave. The biggie, I suppose, is um, GW sent us the Deathwing Assault Box. Mm. And I, I very much enjoy painting the lion. I've not, I've not really been a... This is going to be controversial, but I've not really been a fan of Space Marines. Like yeah. in 40k. Heresy's cool, but Space Marines, I can take them or leave them. But I've really enjoyed painting the um, the Dark Angels. I painted up Belial as, uh, as part of our coverage for Deathwing Assault and he was a cracking model. I've got some uh, Deathwing Knights and some Blade Guard and Terminators because I think you'll probably talk about it when we get to your bit, Dave. We're planning on doing a little bit of a crusade, aren't we? We absolutely are. Yes, yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing with that, you're definitely going to be using those Dark Angels. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, I think Belial's such a cool model, but I think Crusade, we've always house... You can use name characters, can't you, but just don't get experience. Yeah. We've always house-ruled that. Lean away from it because it's telling the story of your own army. So I'm probably going to use them as like a generic, like Captain in Terminator armor. Yeah, sounds good um, to me. But yeah, so and the great thing is, if you start at like a thousand points, you kind of like get that in the Deathwing Assault box. So I don't need to paint many models really. I'll have like 16 models in the army. <laughs> um, so so yes, that's been cool. Um, I've also been getting quite a lot of practice in for the Age of Sigma doubles. Nice. So me and Stacey are going on Saturday um, with the with the, with the team named currently penciled in as Sexy Trees, um, <laughs> which I'm sure you'll guess is a is a combination of Head Knights of Slanesh, commanded by me, and Stacey's bringing the Sylvaneth. And um, yeah, we had some practice games, and they're a nasty combo together. They mm. um they worked quite well, so hopefully. I'd like to win at least a game at the weekend. I'd be happy with that. Um, so, yes, yeah, so looking forward to that. And then I also spent yesterday uh, rebasing my ogres. Ooh. Yeah. So ogres. Like, I've, I've, yeah, well, this is it. I think I've played, like, one game of Age of Sigmar with my ogres. But back in 8th edition, 
I had a huge Ogre Kingdom army and absolutely loved using them. And due to things that we'll get to in the news, uh, yeah, I've pretty much rebased everything that I've got. <coughs> I've pretty much rebased everything that I've got bases for. I need some monster bases, which is annoying because I had a tray full of them, like, four years ago and binned them. <laughs> um, so I need to get some uh, Thunder Tusks and Stonehorns rebased. But other than that, yeah, I've got a fully painted and based um, Old World Army. Good to go. Nice. That's good. Yeah, I bet they're fun as well to use uh, in, in the Old World. Um, excellent stuff. Uh, Andy, what have you been up to? Um, well, to start off, I've been doing my Kill Team Challenge, um, which for January was the Hyrotech Circle. Um, nice. So they are all built and painted. They're all done, 100%, which is nice because I've still got a couple of days left of January, which is always nice. Project um, ticked off for January already? Yeah, project ticked off. I have got some of the Gallowfall scenery with the drop pods and like stasis pods and stuff on my painting desk at the minute. Um, but unfortunately, the weather uh, of the last last week or so has been a bit too windy to prime any models until today. So that's yeah, on my it's painting rubbish, desk. Isn't it? Um, for those who don't know, uh, and I'm seeing, there's an awesome article on the website, by the way, that Andy's put together. You're like alternating between um, Kill Team and Warcry, aren't you, once a month, getting a different gang painted up each month? Yeah, the, the, the big aim is to try and by the end of the year to get six Kill Teams and six Warcry warbands done and then a smattering of, of scenery pieces as well. So, um, so far, I'm on track. Um you know see how far that lasts um uh what else have been up to um i went up to warhammer world last saturday for the warhammer the old world open day um how is that it looked a bit busy (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think pretty much half of the uk probably descended upon (laughs) warhammer world um i got there about quarter past nine in the morning and started queuing up and already the car park the main car park had already filled up um and down lenton road or willow road i think it's called whichever um at the end there's another secondary car park and that was half full as well um so by the time i walked up got into the queue which has already started to snake around the car park um i think i had i had to wait about 45 minutes for them to open the doors and then it was another 25 minutes before i got through the doors um and we literally walked up um and i mean first off warhammer world staff are you know 10 out of 10 absolutely amazing um and they were you know saying to people you know don't rush there's plenty of stock you know you don't need to you know panic whatever you know you'd be you'd be be fine um literally got up the stairs and um they had taken a lot of the normal stock off the shelves to fill it with old world stock (laughs) and Wow. <laughs> I mean, first off, I had to get um, one of the Games Workshop staff members to pass me the Tomb King box down from the top shelf. Um, you know, small world problems. Oh, that could uh, be the early end for Andy, a Tomb King box. It's a yeah. box fallen in Christian Andy. <laughs> Poor Andy, yeah. Um, and then when I went to queue up, the queue was... So it started off at the normal tills in Warhammer Ward and went all the way down the basically into Bugman's bar wow. uh, 
<laughs> and I got to the end and then they said, obviously, you know, due to health and safety and et cetera, et cetera, they couldn't have the queue going into Bugman's bar. So then had it snaking around back into Warhammer World. And um, yeah, th- thankfully, I was in the part of the queue that was next to the mini wargaming um, store. And they had like a, um, two boards set up next to each other with like a castle and a big forest area. And they had like dwarves fighting beastmen and empire versus warriors and, you know, all this sort of stuff um, going. So, you know, the, the I think it was 50 minutes I had to queue up. Um, wow. To, to get my Tomb King box, um, but they opened up a, like a, a new till, which is um, where the Lord of Rings section is, like right at the other end. Um, so I actually got it was it could have been a lot longer. Um, and then after that, because obviously the Tomb King box is not a small box, <laughs> I wanted to put it in my car, and naturally, of course, walked out the front door and saw the queue again. And yeah, unfortunately, I just decided to drive home and read some Old World for the rest of of Saturday. So um, yeah, it was crazy. Um, but I mean, it's it's a good thing because you know you're looking at it, it's just the amount of support for the Old World straight away. Um, you know, fingers crossed. You know, this isn't just a one hit wonder. Um, but yeah, it got got me very excited for the old world. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just anecdotal based on like our traffic and and buzz that we've seen online. But I think out of Heresy Second Edition, Tenth Edition, Forty K, and Old World, I think the Old World had the biggest kind of like buzz about it. Yeah, yeah, it it was great to see. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to go around and um, they had like a, a wall around the hall that had like the timeline and the sort of the the narrative and like a brief outline of the setting of you know where the war where the old world is set um and they had a small cabinet with um you know the tomb king models Bretonian models and you know the next army that's coming out um, which is really cool to see um like i said mini wargaming there i think um steve and luca from mini wargaming were doing like a um a board um like a big diorama, like a big game sort of thing. You could sort of come over, roll some dice, and then, you know, disappear five, ten minutes later. They, they just kind of, like, chatted about the game and stuff, and that was cool to see. Um, and then they had about three or four um, sort of intro tables where they had, like, small forces of Bretonians and Tomb Kings, and again, they were just, you know, walking players through the uh, different phases mm. of the game and stuff, which is cool to see. Um, and then the rest of the hall was gaming tables, which for the brief amount of time I was there, I think there was about four or five games of the old world nice. um, already going, That's cool. which is really cool to see. Um, one minor criticism, which because I didn't I, I didn't see any signposts or anything like that, but there was a section for anyone who's been um, to a Warhammer World event. When you go to the cafeteria, which is through the hall and through Bugman's and right at the back. They had um, uh, uh, a sort of like you could paint a Bretonian knight on foot. Um, and they also did um, a base exchange where you could bring your bases. And I think there was a, a dial which you could spin to get like new sized bases. Yeah, um, I read somebody brought like it was like a kind of Wheel of Fortune jobby where 
they, they, on the website, they said the limit is like 10 per person, but somebody rocked up with like, you know, five round bases, span the wheel of fortune and got 60, 30 by 60 cab bases. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, Why do it like know. that? <laughs> for <laughs> fun, Dave. For fun. Yeah, for fun. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I didn't realise that that was actually there until I think about two or three days after. Um, <laughs> well, good which, yeah, I, I took a load of sort of like 20 mil bases that I got from my Empire stuff. Um, and I was kind of hoping to get some some bases. But, it, you know, it's one of those. Um, but yeah, for a brief amount of time, that was that was cool. And like I said, I've been sort of getting things prepared to uh, jump into a Tomb King army. So nice. Do you know with all the the old world coverage, I've I've been quite tempted to Tomb Kings, but I'm glad I've I'm glad I've held firm because I think that goes quite nicely into what I've been up to in the the hobby. And it's again, it's been quite old world ish. Um, I don't I think on the last podcast I was declaring that I was absolutely not going to rebase my Soul Black Grave Lords. Mm. Guess what? I'm rebasing my Soul Black Grave Lords and uh, to Vampire Counts. It just made sense. So um You took, you I took mean, a lot of convincing, Dave. But I think I realistically you've got AOS projects run now and let's face mm. it, in the summer AOS three is out and you'll be jumping on Skaven again. Yeah, so it, it it did make sense, and I really did want to paint some vampires and skeletons. So and I want you know, I want to get an army to play pretty quickly if I can. So that's ultimately it led me to to start rebasing. It's an arduous task. I mean, I don't know how you do it, Matt. You just sit down and rebase an army. Uh, it's really like, oh. I don't have of... a small child though, Dave. That probably makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping to get them done by the weekend. Um, the more rebase, I've, I've got I've quite a few skeletons to do. I've just actually just today. Um, managed to pick up some Graveguard because I wa- really wasn't looking forward to building any more Graveguard, but um, I managed to buy some built, which is amazing. That was the, the, the fortunes are smiling. We were literally talking about it, and then a mutual friend yeah. on our uh, hobby chat just yeah. mentioned that you were selling Graveguard. You're like, yes, all of them. Yes, yes, I'll have them. Take them. I'll give you everything. Um, so yeah, they're they're on the way. Um, so. Yeah, so that's that's kind of primarily what what I've been doing. I've been sort of rebasing those. Um, I have to that end been painting uh, my first vampire, who I I'm putting quite a bit of time into, and I'm really trying to push my painting on him, and I'm really pleased with how he's looking so far. Um, the rest of the army, I'm not going to be taking anywhere near this amount of time, but I really wanted to make sure this vampire was was spot on and uh, i think it, it shows as well yeah i mean i um I, I need to see the model in the flesh under proper light dave mm. because it looks awesome but i think honestly i think it's one of your best models you've done i've yeah. looked at it again earlier and you've done a really good job thank you um well spoiler alert i'm actually reviewing a couple of hobby products as i'm painting him um which probably there's probably another week until they're both online but um uh, so I won't spoil it too much, but I've got some very special brushes uh, and a handy little um, paint station, um, which I'm using to, to to paint this guy as well as something else, which I want to come to in a minute. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's um, that's really cool. So I've been painting him. Um, I have also been well, I reviewed Crusade Prior Nexus for the website. That was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed reading that. That's up for pre-order right now. Went up for pre-order on Saturday. Um, it's our second crusade because I, I almost forgot that we had ty- the um, tyrannic um, wars with 
the launch of Leviathan. Um, this is taking us back to the prior Nexus, which is, you know, where we found ourselves at the beginning of the previous edition, 9th edition. Um, but the actual book itself is really fleshed out. There's lots of cool gameplay mechanics in there. Like you've got your normal crusade relics and things like that. But then you're also gathering Blackstone as a resource. And that then also allows you to uh, unlock other relics and, and bits and pieces and ultimately decides whether or not you win the campaign or not. Um, you've got alliances, which kind of, you know, the, the campaign can be played just between two players. But then it also introduces alliances for those, you know, bigger gaming groups that all want to get involved. It scales really, really well. And then the most impressive thing is it has 15 new Crusade missions in there. And they're all really, well, I mean, I've not played through them, but they all look really, really fun to play as well. With lots of cool little objectives and stuff to keep it narrative. Um, So all in all, a great little book. I mean, I think think it's RRP something like £28. So... It, um, I think that's a little bit more than the old Crusade books were for the previous edition, but, yeah, but I'd the, say there's the more Crusade in there. The books were paperback spiral bound, weren't they? But this is a hardback yeah. book, you know, same format as a codex. One thing I did like is um, the... Did anyone ever play Civilization multiplayer? Yep. Where you're all kind of racing to build like the pyramids or something. It's kind of got that with the Blackstone yeah. relics, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. So once somebody creates one of those Blackstone relics, nobody else is able to get that relic. Um, so that's really, I mean, the other crusade stuff, obviously you, you can unlock as normal and there can be multiples, but not the Blackstone stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really, really fun. So, um, that's kind of led us to, um, sort of new year new army uh, and uh, we're all planning on building up a, a small 40k force to play this crusade along with so it's going to be like a, a tale of gamers come crusade i'm planning on painting some orcs and um, because i've always fancied doing some orcs uh, and we know obviously the new orc book is on the horizon we've seen a silhouette of uh, a new orc which looks awesome um, which I really, really wanted to see LVO, but sadly he wasn't revealed. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I've got a combat patrol on the way, and I'm looking forward to getting something to them. Matt, you, you mentioned the Dark Angels. Um, you want to sort of do those Deathwing Terminators? Andy, I think you're kind of, you're not, you're not sure where you're gonna go with this yet. No, um, I mean after painting the Hyrotech Circle, um. I've got a bit of an itching for Necrons and Necrons were my first ever 40k army back in fifth edition. And I sold the army, um, I think about eighth edition. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm leaning towards Necrons now. Ooh, you know but... what, I might have some Necron sprues kicking around if you need any. Oh, tempting, very tempting. <laughs> it fit very nicely into our narrative with this crusade as well. Yeah. <laughs> terrible influences you do <laughs> <laughs> oh. and uh and jay's jumping in with um well i'm not gonna well, I, we're gonna be mentioned later on in the show but there was some very very cool model showed at lvo which i think jay is particularly taken to um and he's planning on hopefully picking those up when they're they're released and and getting those involved um they 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 could potentially be a xenos race 
Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting started on that and hopefully playing through. If we can manage, guys, to get through a whole crusade and get these forces painted, um, then uh, I think that'll be an excellent start to, to 2024. Yeah, um, and, and while we will probably have some battle reports and stuff, it's not going to be the focus because what tends no. to happen is that real life gets in the way. Where yeah. if we just like between ourselves arrange to do the games on whatever nights we're free and stuff we can probably get through a few games a month and start building up the story yeah absolutely uh, i think i've already named my um my orc but i want to wait till i've painted him before i reveal that so um so yeah that should be uh, that should be an awful lot of fun um and i think that's uh that's me for the for the hobby for the time being um and also brings this introduction to the podcast to an end we've got plenty to get through including the latest news which is coming up next so ignoring the few reveals we saw from lvo what else do we have in the news matt well, the the very day that Andy was at Warhammer World, they announced the next um, race for the old world, which kind of, I think, took us all by surprise. Because I think a lot of people were assuming, and it might still be the way, but a lot of people were assuming, like, paired releases. Yeah. And some dwarven dice had leaked online, so people also assumed that maybe dwarves next. But no, the next faction coming out are the orcs and goblins, which makes me... Very, very happy. Under my desk right now, I've got a massive pile of goblins that I'm uh, working on to put on their square bases, and they're getting some really, really cool stuff. Um, First of all, again, one of the questions that we had when the game first came out, would we see big, like, starter boxes for each race? And I think the answer is kind of, kind of. Obviously, for the Tomb Kings and the Bretonians, we got, you know, a 1,250-point army with a rule book in there we're not getting that but what we are getting is the the old world equivalent of a, a vanguard box i think it's safe to say yeah they're calling them battalions in the old world and they look pretty good the um orc one has got um 40 goblins 31 orc boys um and two chariots which is a decent little set um for those scratching the head at 31 or boys, they originally originally came four to a sprue, I believe, and came with a metal command group or metal command bits that was then replaced with a command frame. So you got like five frames of four plus a frame of three, giving you a really random number. Um, I'm sure people find that a way of fitting that in. But yeah, they look pretty good. Personally, I'm more a fan of the night goblins than the classic goblins, but they do have a bit of an old school aesthetic to them. And I suspect this will probably be priced fairly well as well. Yeah. As a little starter box. Um, like with the Tomb Kings and the Bretonians as well, we're also got an arcane journal. I suspect this is something that's going to come out for each faction. And if you've not picked up the arcane journals yet... <clears throat> They're not by any means like essential like releases. They're more of, I guess, probably lean into what we do. More narrative, more lore in there, more magic items. But the real kind of appeal are the the alternate army lists in there. So for the Bretonians, you've got the fully knight army. For the Tomb Kings, you've got the fully chariot army. And then there's some new profiles in there as well for units designed around those factions. So that's really cool. Um, as part of that release, 
they're bringing back the troll hag which would be amazing um she disappeared from the website not long ago and i was a bit upset because i've always wanted to get that model so i suspect with that one of the like legendary formations will probably be a full troll force i'd guess um but they're not stopping it there there's a, there's a whole host of stuff coming back so forge world did the bone grinder giant he's coming back all the orc and goblin command sets are coming back um old plastics they've got the old modular orc command set which was really cool obviously we mentioned the orcs and goblins that are coming back boar boys chariots uh black orcs the whole lot there's a couple of new awesome looking resin models an orc shaman with a little pot grot who looks amazing and a new black orc war boss i need to paint like right now he looks yeah. so so good and then they're pretty much bringing back the entire range in metal as well so your doom divers and your shamans and your biggins and your rock clobber and all that kind of stuff loads of stuff um but they also mentioned that they're gonna have some limited made to order runs as well so all the other stuff's going to be like permanent releases. And then like that we've seen in, I think next week's pre-order is some made-to-order Bretonians and Tomb Kings of really old kits that are going to be like available made-to-order for some more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some really, really cool stuff coming back for them. We've got a classic Black Hawk uh, Big Boss. We've got the classic Stone Trolls and River Trolls, which if there is going to be a troll force, I'm going to add them just to add some variety to my army. But the big ticket items are the Orc Shaman on um, War Wyvern from 1993, which is a classic, and the giant from Marauder Miniatures. This is like pre-Citadel days, and that giant goes for silly money on eBay, but he still looks really, really good. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick up that giant because... I think for old world, he'll fit in more than the current plastic one. Yeah. I mean, the plastic one was a fantasy model, but I don't know if there's an opportunity to get some of these, like in the case of that, what, 80s models, I'm going to do it because it's cool. And I'm kind of sad that they didn't do that for 40k when 10th edition came out, you know, with all the classic Tyranids and stuff. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really work as well, does it? No. Um because obviously it's a bit easier for the bases on this one. Um, I mean, mm. obviously I, I've got a load of plastic under the desk and I'm going to do an Orc and Goblin Force. I kind of thought this might turn your head, Dave. It nearly did, Matt. It nearly did. Um, especially the two new characters that are coming out. Um, but I, I think after going through, because when I was trying to decide where my heart was be, you know, settling on the old ones, I didn't want to commit to something and then have my head turned straight away. I think I'm really looking forward to the empire stuff coming out um so i'm gonna try and i want to concentrate on the vampires until they come out and then and then pick up a few kits for the empire yeah how about you andy have you ever dabbled in orcs before um probably when i was about 13 14 maybe um i, I mean looking at like the arab boys and stuff like they were never available separately you had to buy them in the i think it was the sixth edition starter set with the empire yeah um and yeah looking at like the orc boys and stuff i remember um way way back in the day back when i used to sort of like dip my models um i i bought a box of orc boys which i think came in boxes like 19 at the time yeah, and numbers. yeah it, 
I mean, they are really nice. I'd like to do an Orc and Goblin army at some point. Um, but yeah, I think um, my, my, I'm going to have to stick with the Tomb Kings because otherwise I'm just not going to get an army done. So. But this is the danger, isn't it? We all end up starting a new mm. army every time a new one comes out, especially if they're, I suspect there'll be a fairly rapid release just staggered through the year. But yeah, it's more, more on that when we get it. Um, staying on the old world, though, this week we finally got the legacy PDFs as well. So mm. we've we we obviously we're, we're lucky position that we saw like the main like army rules and stuff quite a while ago, but we'd been like refreshing Warcom to get the legacy PDFs. Well, this uh, is something else as well. Like I wanted to commit to the the vampire counts, but because I'd not seen the rules, you know, I, I, I it was kind of like I don't I don't want to start rebasing these and then the pdf come out and we'd be really disappointed like you know maybe have a, a really limited number of magic items or you know we, they said that obviously it'd be like a full fleshed out rules whether you know they won't be updated anymore but they you know they would be full sort of armyless um but you still have this little bit of doubt in your mind and i didn't need to doubt basically that is the I short, had faith, short answer I had faith all the time dave so so we, we knew that old world was coming back and i think a lot of it is probably if you look at the legacy armies they're all Age of Sigmar armies, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah. from from a studio point of view, they want you buying Age of Sigmar models for Age of Sigmar and Old World models for Old World because they're different departments technically and different budgets and stuff and how the money comes out. So they 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 give you this as a way of quote marks using your existing army with no models available, even though majority of these lizard men, dark elves, vampire counts, ogres. In fact, all of these, apart from the Chaos Dwarves, the, I'd say like 80% plus of the range is available on the GW website right now. Mm. Yeah, you've got some cases like the the Dark Elves who might not have all the kits available. But all the others, maybe Lizardmen as well for the uh, Cold One Riders, but all the others, I think you can pretty much buy and build a current Old World army using age of sigma models which is which is really cool i'm a bit gutted i haven't got any chaos dwarfs yeah yeah that's a shame it's it was everything that i hoped they would be they're full lists i suspect that if there wasn't that maybe internal kind of struggle over the rangers these would be a book yeah yeah and you never know if the game super andy you said it was like hour-long queues at warhammer world with the tills ringing they may change their tune at some point and go you know what actually if we say if a new skaven release comes out in the summer and they redo all the skaven range that leaves the door open for the current skaven range moving to the old world doesn't it it does and i think yeah. we see the same for you know when when we get malarian finally a lot of the old kind of old daughters of Cain and old dark elf kits may go the same way as well so i think it's just a case of as things are updated with age of sigma models those older ranges will then become i guess fair play for the specialist games team yeah yeah, yeah i mean it'd be cool. nice to see like a, a made to order because like the dark elves the only thing that's missing is a, a bunch of the characters like generic characters mm and shades and the bolt thrower i think i don't think anything else is 
not a plastic kit. And yeah, so, so when I was putting them together, I, I, the bolt throwers I had to get off eBay. You can make a Dreadlord from parts left over from the chariot kit because this obviously that was an, a fantasy kit, wasn't it? And there was an option of having mm. a, a Dreadlord on a chariot, so that's covered. Um, yeah, for the other bits, you might struggle a little bit for the um, uh, what are they, the shades, the, the the kind of ranged skirmish unit. But again, you could probably get away with using um, like the K Knight Shadow Storm. Yeah, maybe. yeah, something like that. There's there's alternatives that you could use, but it's like you can definitely make an army using current kits, even if you mm. miss out on some of the stuff that isn't available. And like I say, a made to order for those bits to be ace. At the minute, I don't think it'd be realistic, but you never know. Mm. I'm just looking forward to uh, finally getting this Vampire Council Army on the battlefield. I really enjoyed looking through those PDFs and um, they were an awful lot of fun. So much, so much scope that, you know, what kind of vampire do I want to build? Do I want him to be caster heavy? Do I want him bringing loads of zombies and skeletons back? Do I want him to smash faces? It's like all the bases are covered. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really excited. If you get any old armies that you're kind of bringing back with these PDFs, Andy. No, um, the only army I did back in eighth edition was dwarfs. Oh, um, okay. So, uh, I mean, when I was looking through the PDFs, I did like the look of ogres, um, but I've got my ogre army for Age of Sigmar, and I like playing them in Age of Sigmar. Mm. So, um, I did look at vampires. They kind of look cool. Like I like the idea of them. I like the the fact that pretty much all of the models are plastics um mm. now because yeah. um one of our mutual friends a guy called craig he used to play vampire accounts back in eighth edition and he used to have the metal blood knights oh, and they yes. were oh my god yeah they were a nightmare um i mean i looked at demons but i've already got so many demons on round bases but yeah i i, I mean maybe if i find myself like a movement trade converter I might be tempted to play some demons at some point in the future. Um, but yeah, I I think there's enough going on in the old world at the minute for me to not really be interested in the PDF armies at the minute. At the yeah. Minute. So yes, yeah, so that's really cool. And I think we'll see a lot of people jump into the game with them. What's also cool is that Games Workshop have changed how armies on parade works this year. Have you guys seen that? Well, no. they've added it. They've added a category, haven't they? They've added more ca- load categories. So, so armies on parade. The focus was always on a board covered by models, and they've kind of said that that kind of um, it, it cuts out people who just want to paint the models and not make a board. So they've restructured armies on parade. There's now individual, and individual is focused on the army or the collection of models. So over the course of the year, you paint some models. It could be a squad, could be an army, whatever. But the focus is on those models and you submit pictures of them. Then there's display board, which is your traditional armies on parade, with the focus being on like what you've built and created. They've added a young bloods category for younguns to join in, which is cool. But then they've also added a team category as well, where, for example, Sprues and Brews could get together and paint something over the course of the year and submit it as a team. Oh, that's cool. I think that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah, so um, so I, one of my hobby resolutions is do armies on parade and the Bretonians. So I'm thinking individual and not have to build like a big 
you know, sculpted board and everything, mm. and then put that energy into making a mini diorama for yeah. um, Golden Demon or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Sounds like a good idea. So, Dave, you, um, you've got a hankering for some orcs, haven't you? Mm. Well, today, um, Warhammer Community announced when the next Black Library celebration is on the way, and as part of it, there's going to be Uftak Blackhawk and his Squig Princess. An awesome <laughs> new orc model. It looks so good. We saw this a while ago, didn't we? We did. Um, but it's just bananas, and it looks so good. So Black Library Celebration is basically it's a it's a week long event on Warhammer Community where they'll be showing off new upcoming books and stuff. And then the twenty fourth of Feb to the second of March in stores, I believe you'll be able to buy all these goodies as well. So twenty fourth of Feb to the second of March. You never know, Dave. That might coincide with the orc stuff as well. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. It's a shame this guy's not getting his own rules, but he'll still make a cool alternative war boss. Well, you, you don't necessarily know that he's not going to get rules. Well, they said he didn't get him rules. It was in one of the. Oh. It was in the the official article when he when they first revealed him, and they said he could just be used as a, an alternate war boss. Or oh, mate, or oh, mate, oh, yeah, you never know. You, you could see him in the new codex though, because that would have been, I guess, pre tenth edition codex, but. Like you say, there'll be models that you can use them as, and he just looks yeah. cool anyway. To he looks up, very he? cool, very cool. So we also had um, an unusual thing happen this this week. Um, last Saturday, Ending the Death Volume 3, the final part of the Horus Heresy, um, went up on the website with its you know limited edition, leather-bound, signed, awesome edition. And the website promptly exploded. Um, <laughs> I don't think many people who were like genuine collectors managed to get them. And it seemed that scalpers had managed to get like 10 copies of them in one go, even though there was a, well, it took me three hours to get onto the Games Workshop website on that morning. Jeez. Um, but Games Workshop took the action to scour through all the orders and cancel any duplicate ones. Mm-hmm. Which oh, is nice. really good. Yeah, really, really good to give people a second chance of getting it. And then today, at the time of recording at four o'clock, um, you know, the website kind of exploded again. They um, have a little timeline of events. But at half three, the website flit, switched to pre-order mode where everybody got in a pre a pre queue because in the UK we love a queue so much that there's a queue before the queue. Um, <laughs> and then at four o'clock, the queue started, and for like thirty seconds, there was an hour queue, and then the website kind of paused. And I think what had happened is that even the queuing system had reached capacity. Jesus. Which was crazy. <laughs> um, briefly, later on in the day, I think it was about five o'clock, the queue started moving again and then promptly froze again. And then at 5.48, there was a message to say that it had sold out. I still have the Games Workshop website open in a tab, and I am still in the queue. And we are recording this at 25 minutes past eight. So what's that? Five hours after this queue started, I'm still in it. Jeez. <laughs> so, needless to say, I didn't manage to get a copy of the book. Um, I, I really hope that they see the demand from because there must have been thousands of people on the website. I hope that they see the demand of this and do like a the limited edition leather bound book, but maybe without the signed title plate. Yeah. Because mm. that, as a made to order, even if it was like a you do the made to order, and in nine months' time you'll get this. It means that people who have missed out on 
you know, the copies of the, the limited edition set, get a nice matching set on their shelf, but the the limited signed one still retains its value as something separate. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like the sensible thing to do. And it, it almost sounds like a no brainer because you've got people sat there wanting to spend money, but Yeah. We'll have to see. Obviously, you know, you've got the costs of limited print, print run, so it'd have to be profit, profitable. But from the fact that there's so many people in that queue that it's crashed the GW web store, not once, but twice on two separate days, surely there's demand for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then finally, tiny little tidbit of news that we got from LVO as well. Um, on the 20th of February, if I remember rightly, um, Transatlantic Games are releasing their third wave of two thin coats paints. Nice. So, yeah, it should be fun to see kind of what's in that range and see what's coming. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll have a chat with the guys again soon and learn a little bit more. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think that if you follow them on Facebook, they're drip-feeding the new paints. Mm. So give them a like over there. I think today they showed off a new triad of reds. Um, so yeah, and make sure you you check out their their Facebook um, page for for more info. Amazing, excellent, and that brings us to the end of the news. Now I think um, we've kind of dodged around it quite a bit at the start of this podcast, but it's time to delve into those tasty reveals from LVO. So we'll be right back. So this past weekend over in Las Vegas, there was the LVO, which um, it, it's pretty big on the old GW calendar now. They, they do they do reveals every year and they don't tend to sort of hold back. We, we see some pretty big stuff. So we we're all super excited to see what was going to be on the horizon. And I don't think, guys, they disappointed you. No, no, it's an awesome show. Really, really good show. Yeah. Um, so um I think I think we absolutely need to take some time and go through and, and see what was revealed. Uh, Matt, I know you like to, to lead these things. Yeah, so well we'll we'll start with the Kill Team Nightmare. Now Andy, I know you're a big Kill Team fan and I think as they say they've kind of changed the structure of it this series this season a little bit, haven't they? They've kind of moved away from those big boxes filled with scenery um to more kind of a piece of scenery a book and the two kill teams and then have the scenery side of things as a separate thing and obviously there's pros and cons against that but the latest one is nightmare which pits the night lords who look amazing against the drakari mandrakes um what do we think of these guys oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like i mean Chaos Space Marines are, let's face it, they're, they're amazing and they're far superior to the boring Space Marines, in my opinion. And when we had the Chaos Legionnaires come out, I looked at them and think, wow, you know, they are suited for, for Kill Team, you know, with all the different specialists and stuff. And then this this Night Lord's Kill Team has just dialed it up to 11. Like, I didn't think it could surpass the Chaos Legionnaires, but they have and then some. Like, they look so a, good. There's a guy with a banner who's got a living dude still attached to the banner. I mean, how scary is that? <laughs> oh my god! So 
Yeah, but the Night Lords look amazing and, and the Mandrakes. I mean, first off, they've needed a model for a very long time and this is yeah. kind of like that that perfect box to do it in. Um, very similar to the previous one with the Striking Scorpions and the Scouts where we've got one kill team which looks quite specialist and then we've got another kill team which kind of looks like generic guys. Yeah, um, I'll be interested to see what the rules for these are because looking at the pictures, it looks like there's a couple of different weapon options and there's the guy with like they're doing the Hadouken and stuff. But I've got a feeling that there's not going to be many different like unit types in this one. Yeah, maybe maybe a couple of like regular grunts with different weapon options, but um yeah, I mean we'll we'll just have to wait until you see the rules. Um like I said, the, the Night Lords one is very distinctive. Like, they all look like separate operatives with the Mandrakes. It might just be a case of it's like f- three or four different operatives. So, yeah, only time will tell. But they look amazing. They really do. Yeah, and I, I quite, this one's not been that much of love really on the internet. But the scenery piece is quite nice as well because the way it's laid out, even when you've got guys standing on top of it, the kind of like power plants and stuff still block you from line of sight from the ground. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite it's quite flat, but still has some cover to it. I'm interested to see. Like, I assume there'll be a box that comes out at the same time with some scenery to expand on that, like with the uh, striking scorpion box. Yeah. Or they might just keep that box in rotation because. Um that's kind of where the setting is or or like you say they might just tweak it a little bit and give you some different platforms yeah um but either way it looks really cool and i'm interested to see if the night lords get a profile for 40k specifically as night lords mm-hmm. or oh, whether they just keep it to kill team i don't know they look cool though i uh i need some like vampire bat wing heads because they're cool and apparently I'm 12. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was Kill Team Nightmare. On the other side of the skirmish games, though, we've got Warcry, Pyre and Flood. This one was interesting, and we haven't got resident elf expert Jay with us today, but this is the first kind of site of the Water Temple for the uh, the Lumineth, which must mean, like, Lumineth Book 8 is probably... Uh, <laughs> Right. I, I quite like these guys with the masks and the kind of like ninja weapons and stuff. These really appeal. I don't know about what you guys think of them. I yeah, I, yeah, these guys are very, very cool. Um I I actually think the Nighthorn appeal a little bit more than these guys, but they are they are very cool, the the old elves. Yeah, yeah I oh go on. Andy. I I'm I'm with Dave on that one. I, I like the Lumineth. Like, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't want to go out and do a full Lumineth army, but that's kind of the beautiful things about the skirmish games is you can just paint up, you know, 10 dudes. And looking at the Lumineth, I'm not a big fan of the paint scheme, but the models look fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, I wonder but... if you could change up that turquoise colour and have a more, like, classic high elf colours, maybe. Mm. Yeah. That, Reds that and blues, maybe. Nicer. Yeah, but the Nighthorn, though, they yeah. look nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, going back to previous when I was talking about the, the Necrons and how I used to have an army of them, same thing with Nighthorn. I played Nighthorn for, I think it was about six months straight at tournaments and events and stuff, and that was back when it was just spirit hosts and hex wraiths and 
by army generals, the Khan, Rafe and the Banshees, you know, this sort of stuff. And looking at these Warcry models, yeah, yeah they look amazing. I, mean, I guess yeah. that's what the Nighthaunt do that the Lumineth don't, and a lot of the other recent uh, Warcry warbands have. The the uh, Nighthaunt half the box, you've got a f- quite a few different distinct looking model types, haven't you? Mm. You know, in some of the early Chaos Warbands, it was a case of like squinting down to see what weapons are armed with, to see what was what. Where this one, they've got very distinct profiles that are going to be different like options in the game, aren't they? Yeah. You've got like the more ghosty looking ones. You've got the guys with like sensors and stuff. Yeah, these these look really really cool. Do, um, do you know Do you know what though, Matt? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Do you know what? I actually think the best model in the box hasn't even been mentioned yet. You know what? I was about to say the exact same thing, Dave. The greatest model in that box is a slam head scenery piece. Hey, it does look nice. It does look very nice. It's not quite as good as the Morpit, in my opinion, but that's because I'm an Ogre fan. But yeah, it does look really nice. Yeah, you know what? When we saw um, the last season... One of the things that disappointed me was that the scenery is amazing, but I was hoping that as we're getting deeper, we'd see more of the Eye of Chotek. Mm-hmm. Where now it seems that in this season, maybe we're getting closer to it and seeing more of the kind of like, um, you know, Lizardman ruins that are left mm-hmm. from the ship crashing, which is cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so that that was really, really cool. I enjoyed that one. Um the next thing we're going to talk about, though, is one that I think everybody on the podcast is a fan of, and that is the Croot. Do you know, let's let's just say outright, I, I've i had Tau armies in the past that I've, I've let go for whatever reason, and I've never been a huge fan of the Croot. Now, I do really like the Croot for Kill Team, and I've always fancied painting those up, but when I saw, when I heard that they were doing Croot, for for this reveal, I was like, yeah, yeah, critical. But then I saw the models, and I was like, oh my god, these are amazing. So for context, um, there's a new Tau army box coming out. So new Tau codex on the way, and they often do like they did with uh, Deathwing Assault, a box filled with new models. Though with a bit of a twist, in that the whole box is a Crute box. There's going to be a Crute attachment in the tower book allowing you to do an entirely Crute army. And with that, they've just... Ah, it's so cool. We've got, like, multiple different characters in there. We've got a new Crute um, um, carnivore squad. We've got the Crutox with a big gun on its back. And then we've got, like, Crutox cavalry as well. It's bananas. And the best... I think the biggest thing for me in this reveal is apparently this is half of the Croot releases with the new book. <laughs> I so mean, you've got to imagine that Crutox, that really big one, is is got to be on the horizon at some point. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, a big Crutox heavy weapon platform rather than the little one. And maybe a character riding a Croot as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we've got Croot hounds on the kill team, haven't we? Yeah, uh, you know yep. I, I, they'll be able to do. You'll be able to do a fairly decent crew force here, and that's really cool. I kind of I'm glad that they've done this rather than maybe bring out a towel battle suit with close combat weapons or something. 
Uh, no, I would have preferred a close combat attack battle suit personally, but I don't think that's <laughs> ever going to happen. Um, this this though is 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 very very cool. And I mean, how long have people been crying out for new crew? It was great to get the kill team, but this is what crew fans wanted. I mean, I, personally, my favourite out of this. I mean, the, all the crew are awesome, but I really like the new crew shaper and the war shaper. Sorry, and. Um, what I particularly like, and this is something they're doing more and more of, and it, it brings a smile to my face, is he's got different uh, weapon options, like he's got different poses. Um, I, I like this. This is good. This is very, very good. Yeah, I I saw this box. I'm not going to lie. I was very tempted to start a crew army, but I've got, like, Deathwing and stuff to paint, so I can't mm. commit to anyone yet. However, Jay, he's fallen in love with these, hasn't he? He has, yeah. he has, he's fallen head over heels. I mean, for me, uh, I've only, my only experience with Crute has been the um, Farstalker kin band um, team for Kill Team. And they were really nice models. Um, I don't know how I'd feel about doing a full-blown army of them, though. Um, but, I mean, this release, looking at the, the miniatures in that box, Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's the cool thing, isn't it? You could buy this box and add it to your existing Tau army, or go yeah. all in and do all the crew. Um, unfortunately, I think the way that tenth edition works with the detachments, I think you're really going to be kind of like drawn to go in, you know, all crew, aren't you? Yeah. Um, Just because you can yeah. have a crew detachment and the six stratagems are going to be related to crew keywords and stuff. Possibly. Possibly. Um, I still think that there will be at least one detachment which will favour an all-comers list where there's you've got different types of tower units. I know what you mean, though, Matt. I think somewhere in competitive play, at least, there's you kind of want to lead into one of those detachments to make the most of it. Yeah, but, I mean, these look, these look gorgeous. And hopefully, um, Jay's, I think, already mentally bought this and started painting them, hasn't he? Yeah, he wants yeah. to use these in, our, in the crusade that we went to the top of the podcast. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, if we move away from the 41st millennium, I'm going to Age of Sigmar. The Dawnbringer Crusade is crashing on. I don't know how many books are in this series. I, I suspect this might be the final one now. Uh, book four is not even out yet, but that's very soon. But book five um, looks ace. Shadow of the Crone. Now, we all assumed that it was going to have a chaos focus maybe you know based around corn mm. but it looks like actually uh marathi is up to no good once again and a new character the crone seer has um kind of come back and um is like seeing visions and stuff and she's got an amazing new model. She's got like big crow wings. She's blind, but sees through her crows and sees the future and stuff. It's really cool. And I wonder if this character is kind of going to lead into the events of next edition, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Um, she's got a lot to do with um, the fleshy uh, flesh as well, hasn't she? Um, I'm trying to think now where I read that. But I'm sure she has. I'm sure... She plays quite a key part with those, which is which is odd. Also, um, whilst I'm not personally a big fan of the model, I really want one of those ra- that raven for my raven guard to sit on a character's shoulder <laughs> or something. 
maybe I'll cut it off for you, Dave. Hey. Well, um, the the box looks pretty nice as well. I mean, it's got it's got <laughs> this box. Obviously, I'm going to do some dark elves for uh, old world. So I'm looking at this box and going, oh yeah, that model's really cool. Five dark riders, they're ace in the old world, and some sisters of slaughter, they can push a cauldron in my uh, old world army. So this is going to be like 15 of the models go to the old world, and then I'll use uh, Kreeths in my um, my daughter's a cane army. Mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this one because the story's been really good so far. Yeah. Now, there is a release in that for the Cities of Sigmar. And again, I thought this might turn your head, Dave. Oh, Callis and Toll. Dave. <sighs> I love me a witch hunter. Uh, what a warband this is. You know, when I saw this, um, I, I kind of saw the pictures first. I really hoped it was going to be a war cry warband. Um, it's not. It, it's a it's a it's a unit for you sit to Sigmar or you can use it as a regiment of renown. But the models in this set, Matt. Oh, my days. The, starting with Callus, the, the witch hunter. Fantastic model. Um, Tall with his pistols going pew pew amazing you've got like a an assassin in there with a hook you've got i don't know what she is with the weird ass cat and a arm that looks like a power fist she's in the wrong game but she looks awesome uh, and then it finishes off with a, a, a stormcast which looks absolutely badass with a doggo uh, with a doggo because of all the best stormcasts have doggos you know, you know um, I look at this box and i'm thinking this is a great box for miniatures for playing uh, soulbound the yeah. uh, RPG from Cubicle 7. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely not wrong. I'd be 100% on that witch runner, though. Yeah, I might have to paint these for me, uh, Cities of Sigmar. Yeah. But they're also, really nice. also, they'd look pretty good on square bases, too, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, you're right. The, the only disappointing thing there is they've got, they've got really nice scenic bases, um, and it'd be a shame to let those go to waste. Yeah, I just mean, by two. Just by two, yeah. <laughs> just by two, yeah. You could do the, that. You're right. The, the weirdest one's the. Well, I'm just going to call her a rogue trader who's got lost. Yeah, she's she's walked into the wrong game, hasn't she? She's ace, and I love her weird cat. She she also she also looks like she could um, stalk the uh, the realms of Necromunda as well. You know what? That's a cracking idea. Yeah. That'd do. She'd be a brilliant like gang leader for Necromunda, wouldn't she? She would for the Escher. That's that's like three boxes of this you've sold already, Dave. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. And, yeah. and I've been told, actually, the, the books are very, very good. And I've been tempted to pick um, the series up. I think this is book three that these guys have been in. Uh, and they've all been really good. So I'll have, to, I'll have to go back and read the first book. Yeah. Well, but, but you mentioned that you wish they were an Underworld War band. Uh, we have seen a new one. And I believe... Last time on the podcast, Andy was like, ooh, I'd really like to see another undead warband. And it looks like your wishes have been answered, Andy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it had been a bit of a, bit of a while since we'd seen a, an undead one. Thankfully, there's no vampire in this one, though. Yeah. I don't think. Instead, we've got a really twisted Romeo and Juliet thing going on. Yeah, that is that is very, very strange. Um, yeah, and these are cool. These are cool, kind of like more kind of zombie themed, and the the leader make a really nice necromancer in the old world, which is a running theme on this whole podcast today. 
<laughs> yeah, I like the look of these. I, I, I've not looked into too much into the mechanics of them. Have any of you guys? Not really, no. Not really, no. No. Okay, well, they, they, they should be fun. We need to get on some more um, Underworlds, because some of the warbands look really cool, don't they? Yeah, they do. I've I've really fancied playing some Underworlds. I've got, actually, on my painting desk, um, base, uh, not base, base coated, ready to be painted, but I just need a, a bit of a gap in the old painting schedule. I've got the last Lumineth guys. I oh, really yeah. like that warband, and I'm really keen to get some paint on them. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely need to play some Underworlds. Amazing. And then finally, we get to the last and the greatest reveal for <laughs> LVO. Now, Long time this is one now. I've always wanted to do a solo auxiliar army. However, I don't have enough replaceable organs that I can sell on the black market <laughs> to fund a solo auxiliar army. When like 20 guys are like 60 points and they cost like 75 pounds, it becomes a little bit expensive to make a 3,000 point army. Mm. However, all that changes now that the worst kept secret in the Horus Heresy has come out. And the Solar Auxilia are getting a full plastic release, which is amazing. And that by itself would be really cool if there wasn't a battle group box coming out that contains not just 20 Solar Auxilia, not just a command squad, not just a Mars Alpha Lehman Russ, but a, a, a Dracosian tank transport, big chunky thing that holds 20 bodies and the heavy sentinel from um imperialis oh my god i need about three of these boxes it's a really good box and you know what as well you you could buy multiples of these and and nothing will go to waste Um, this is it it. uh, i I think like three of these i mean that's still pricey but less pricey than a resin army gives you the good backbone for an army you've got three big infantry squads and transports You've got a uh, like detachment of uh, Lehman Russes, same again with the Sentinels, and then enough spare parts to build, you know, a command squad. But the way the options work in um, Heresy for the Solar Auxilia, you can ha- take, like, for a single troop's choice, a mini command squad, and then three squads of guys. So you can fit a lot of bodies in. And the same with the tanks as well. You can take a command tank, and then that command tank can have three squads of three Lehman Russes as a single HQ choice, as a single heavy choice. And it looks like, you know, looking at the pictures, we've got all those options, you know, represented because you yeah. could build the, the Lehman Russ as a command tank. You've got loads of different weapon options. They mentioned that there's going to be some more kits coming out after this as well. So there's going to be a reboxed um, Lehman Russ with the other missing weapon options mm-hmm. um, and also the storm section. So these are like your elite best of the best solar auxilia that have got Volkite guns or they can just take axes because if you're just a normal human in the grim darkness of the Horus Heresy and you're on a battlefield facing like what nine foot tall power armored super warriors, the best thing you can do is run at them with an axe. You're just a dude, but you know, whatever. I'm sure it'll work out for them. Um, and the um, the Malkador tank, which uses the same chassis as the Dracosan as well, 
And the Malkador is one of my favourite tanks ever. It's a lot bigger than the Lehman Ross. And again, that's got a whole host of options too. So if you haven't guessed, I'm a little bit excited about this release, guys. I, I, uh, I really wish the Malkador still had rules in 40k because um, I'd absolutely be adding one of those to my tank company. I will at some point be adding one of those Lehman Russes. That was a bit of an alternative tank for my um, 40k guard army, maybe as a command tank or something. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that you kind of miss out on is sponsons, because the, the heresy ones don't have sponsons. That's fine. That's fine. I can have a tank with no sponsons. That 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 works for me. Um, yeah, it, it's a it's an absolutely fantastic box. The the guard look absolutely bananas good yeah i mean they do stress that none of this is getting 40k rules either but i'm sure you could easily proxy a malkador as a rogue or dawn or something maybe yeah maybe maybe i'm I'm just thinking of, of, of adding a Lehman russ um just without the the sponsors but the malkador is a very nice tank and if if i was doing a, a solar army i'd have like three of them are you are you not tempted to do a solar exilia for uh not really um yes i am but i I, I, if i if i already had like um, a legion done then maybe i'd be a bit more tempted but i i really want to get a primark painted on the board uh and that's one thing you miss out on when you take bob and um gerald from down the road they don't have a primark leading them you have big tanks and well you have tanks anyway legions but you know what i mean you have more tanks the Um, nice thing with this as well you could pick up that battle group and use it as an allied detachment to your space well, marines. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe that's my that's maybe that's my in. Maybe that's how I get a Malkador. But um, I think I, I would be more tempted if I if I'd had a Legion fully painted by, by now. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna lie, it is a big project. Three thousand points of this. You're talking. I think I wrote an army list and it had like sixty basic troopers and about ten tanks. It's mm. a lot oh, of stuff wow. to paint. Yeah, yeah. You get. A, the 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 quite fr- a lot of the tanks are like armor ten at the back as well they're quite fragile and your dudes are just dudes who will die if a space marine breathes on them but you've got lots of them and they're in tanks with demolisher cannons on the front of them so yeah. you know it swings and roundabouts isn't it yeah yeah so yeah so that was really cool and I think it's safe to say it was an awesome LVO wasn't it guys yeah definitely I think there was almost something for everyone there's probably somebody listening to this podcast going there wasn't anything for me but i think for the most part um it kind of it kind of covered all the bases um yeah i, I mean there was, there was no old world wasn't there but i think they shifted no. that reveal to the open date warhammer world which made yeah. sense kind of where it was didn't it yeah absolutely absolutely i think we should take a super quick pause and then we're going to keep the lvo theme because we're going to pick out which models were our favorites and before wrapping up this week's show with the community choices. So we'll be right back. It is time for this week's top three and keeping it LVO, we're going to be choosing our top three reveals slash models from the show. So this should be uh, this should be a very interesting choice to see what people have gone for. Um, and I'm going to pick on Matt first. Oh. It's, a, it's a pick on Matt kind of <laughs> day today. Um, what was your top three from LVO, Matt? This was really hard because there are so many cool models here. Yeah. And we all know what our number one's gonna be, so it was it was hard picking the other two. So we'll start with start from the start. Number three, 
I've got the crone seer. I really like her because she's aesthetically very different to the rest of Daughters of Cain. And I hope, I, I do wonder, obviously there's been lots of chatter about Malarian and Shadow Elves and all this stuff. And I wonder, is that actually going to be reimagined Daughters of Cain and Dark Elves with an AOS twist? Because let's face it, most of the Daughters of Cain range is Warhammer Fantasy models, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, where, where she's very, very different, but she'd also still fit quite nicely with the dark elfy style model. So I kind of hope this is, you know, maybe she's seeing visions of, of something related to that. Who knows? But she looks cool and I can't wait to paint her. My number two choice are the Crute Rampagers. Yeah. Like, Crute Oxes are cool, but what about really aggressive angry teenage crute oxes getting ridden by crute with guns and stabby sticks <laughs> and like leather kind of pads put on the uh, the arms of these crute oxes just to give them a bit of protection i was kind of expecting the the, the forge world did some crute um cavalry a long time ago and I kind of just assumed that they'd be bringing them back for the plastic release. Mm. So I'm really glad that they've got a different direction and invented something new. Yeah. And yeah, what I they were called. I forget off the top of my head. Um, but these things look amazing. And we did see a little silhouette of what looks to be a new character riding one of them as well. So that is something to look forward to. So, yeah. Uh, the crew in general, if I didn't have a load of my painting desk... I'd be all over them, but it might be a project I do at some point in the future. Um, and number one, I mean, you guys already know, it's the Solar Auxilia. <laughs> um, I've <laughs> wanted to do these for so long, and there's been rumblings of these for so long that I've very nearly pulled the trigger on buying like a few bits in the past, but resisted. Uh, and I'm glad that I did, because the plastics look every bit as good as the resins. If I had to pick a single model from the reveals, though, it'd have to be the Malkador. I, I love tanks, and that just, I don't know, there's just something about it that looks like... It screams World War Two to me. Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah. it's sci-fi World War Two, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. it looks amazing. And you know, the Dracosan comes a close second because it's built on the same chassis. And again, Forgewood are normally quite clever, or, or Specialist Game Studio, whatever you want to call them, are normally quite clever with, with being very... Um, I guess efficient with sprues. So you've got all the, the, the Spartan and the, the, um, the Land Raider are all built from the same core sprues. And I yeah. think we'll see something the same here with all the, um, the Malkador variants. The, the Basilisks in the, um, 30k era are built on a Lehman Rush chassis rather than a, a Chimera chassis because the Chimera didn't exist yet. Mm. So again, if they've got it in such a way that the tracks and sides of the Lehman Rust are separate, they can just bring out a basilisk kit that uses those. Yeah. Um, and again, that adds some flavor variety to people who want to use them for 40k as well. My Deathcore Krieg used Mars Alpha tanks because, well, that kit was originally released as part of the Vrax campaign. Yeah. And looking at the pictures, the Mars Alpha in plastic looks spot on to the resin one. So, yeah. you know, again, I'll probably pick up a couple of them. To, to pad out my Krieg and like you Dave if I lose some sponsor guns meh you know <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to win any tournaments with them am I but they'll look cool on the battlefield and that's the most important thing 
Absolutely. So yeah, Solar Exilia, specifically Malkador, my dreams have come true. I need to build some plastic tanks. Excellent stuff. Um, so Andy, can you pick apart that reveal show and uh, choose your favourites? Um, yeah. So my my third choice um has to be recruit. Um, I didn't expect them. Um, I didn't think I'd like them as much as I do. Um, the models look absolutely gorgeous, and it's nice to see a bit of variety because as far as uh, for as long as I've been in the hobby. The crew have only had like maybe four different units. Um, mm. And in that one box, I think there's four different units. Um, but for them to say that that is, you know, about half of the crew miniature releases, that, you know, that is something. Um, I mean, I love the crew tox from the box. You know, that's very iconic, the way it's sort of dug in, like almost like mm. a silverback gorilla, just like... <laughs> big paws at the front with a, a gunner on the back who you know is probably holding on for dear life whenever it moves but um yeah the, the crew army box looked really nice and i really like the um cover of the special edition codex yeah. which i think was a throwback to their i want to say it was like fourth edition fifth edition tau codex maybe mm. um which looks really really cool so they were my third choice um my second choice was actually the mandrakes from nightmare um like we've already seen the night lords otherwise they probably would have been on on my list if not my top choice um but because we'd already seen them a couple of months ago it was a bit like okay they're cool but mandrakes wow um and yeah looking at them they've, they've got that sort of subtlety to them where there's there's enough detail on the miniatures that you look at them and think, you know, these are high quality. These are really nice looking models. But I don't look at them and think painting 10 of them for Kill Team or, you know, however many you get. Um, I don't look at it and think, oh, it's too daunting. They look really nice. You know, mm. they've got that sort of painted with that green flame. But I could definitely see myself painting up, you know, different flames for different mandrakes and stuff like that just to give yeah, them a bit that's more a idea. Yeah. bit more variety. So um yeah, my second choice was the mandrakes. And then my first choice um is the Pyre and Flood for the uh, War Cry because like I said the Luminef, I d I wouldn't want to do a full blown army of Luminef, but looking at them in War Cry I'm very excited to paint some up definitely a different color scheme like i don't think i'd copy the the games workshop color scheme um and then yeah the night horn uh, yeah so i mean yeah they're so good i mean back when i did my night horn army it was literally just um spray them white using the coolian oxide which fyi I do not recommend that you do that in a premiere in a hotel room <laughs> with just newspaper, um, because after about three hours, you quite quickly realise that it's dried on the on the on the, the desk and on the towel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd love to give Nighthorn like a proper proper good paint scheme, um, almost like kind of like a Dementors sort of paint scheme, but then Ooh, it fades nice. into like a um fades into like um a, a bluey sort of um 
scheme the the further down the model you go sort of thing to get that ghostly sort of look um yeah a lot of people would go like spray it white and then put like hex flame or something over it but you know what you're right if you could spray them like black and then i hate to use the term but like slap chop up from the bottom with grays and whites and then get that nice transition from the dark colors into the ghosty colors Mm. yeah yeah that that's kind of what i'm thinking but yeah i i I really want to paint up some night horn because like i said my my previous army i did for age signal which i think ended up on about three and a half thousand points Hmm. um was was literally just spray it white using the cullion oxide so yeah i, I really want to give the nighthorn a, a proper go and again like walk ride perfect with small war band and you've got such a variety in in those miniatures um but yeah I, I, yeah they are very exciting i can't wait to get a hold of them and again it's maybe an indication that there's more nighthorn on the horizon as well because they tend to release Warcry Warbands and then have like you know maybe they're an early release for the next edition maybe possibly yeah I mean fingers crossed excellent well I think that just leaves uh, my top three and I say this every time but it was it was really difficult but I have narrowed it down to to three of them Um, my third choice it's going to have to be the Warshaper from the Croot release I mean all the Croot models were fantastic but that one in particular jumped out at me. Um, if I built one, I would build it with the bow and the kind of ninja star that he's got going on. Yeah. Um, I think that was my favourite build. Um, but fantastic, fantastically detailed model. Um, close second was the, I think it's called the Flesh Shaper, which is like your lieutenant equivalent um, crew. Um, so he was very cool. He's my third choice. Uh, my second choice, similar to Matt, it had to be that Malkador tank. Um, yeah. If I did do a solar auxiliary army, it would probably be one of the first kits I picked up and painted. What an amazing tank! The Lehman Russ is cool, um, but yeah, the Markdor's next next level cool. The the fact that it's got so many throwbacks to like the World War Two kind of look of tanks, amazing. Almost tempted me to get a solar auxiliary army on in its own right, <laughs> um, and that just leaves me with my top choice. Um, Similar, really. It's kind of I, even as we've been talking and doing this podcast, I've been thinking to myself, do I need to do Empire for the Old World? Maybe I could use it as Sigmar instead, um, and, and start with Callus and Toll, um, because that whole warband is just fantastic. In particular, the two um, title characters, um, yeah, they're super models and. I really want to do a Cities of Sigmar army. So that yeah, just shows Cities you how good they are. They've got a nice, nice range, haven't they? Like you say, you've got... They they're basically modernised Empire. Empire, aren't they? They are. I think if I did one, though, I'd, I'd probably be put off doing the other one. So if I did Cities, that'd probably mean I'd have to pick something else for the old world. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I've, I've, got, I've got, you know, plenty of stuff on the cards anyway, so... I don't need to be rushing any decisions, but they were absolutely my top choice, Carson Toll. Um, so that's what we've chosen from the reveals. That does leave us with one final quick segment for you. It's our community community top three, and it's coming up next.
before we say goodbye, it is time to read out your choices for this week's top three. And we're going to start over on Facebook with Steve Peacock. Um, it's got to be the Croup box set first. A town set with no tower is a shame, but they all look so good. And hopefully some plastic Vespid units are not far behind. We've heard some rumours, Steve, that maybe they could be coming in kill team. I hope so. That would be the perfect place for them, but... We'll have to see. Um, second, the Solar Auxilia. A set of these will be look lovely alongside my World Eater army. Maybe I need to find a strong female to lead them with a red handprint. Finally, the new Warcry Warbands. Cheating here, but I don't care. The Nighthaunt are just cool anyway, and the Lumineth pretending to be Harlequins could mean we get some less fussy, pointy elves that would be nice mm. to paint. Good shout, good shout. And you know what? The more you talk about and you've mentioned it as well about using the solar auxiliaries um allies uh that's that's kind of tempting me um alan mead says i'm not really a chaos fan fan i don't know what the pronunciation there but at number three the night lord's kill team looks amazing at number two the crude hunting pack send the black ships because last month i picked up a second kim band and some old carnivores and at number one all of the solar auxilia slightly disappointed it's not mechanicum but all of the plastic tanks makes up for it oh, i'm sure we get plastic mechanicum at some point as well and Absol- i'll end up buying all them too absolutely matt what have we got over on x <laughs> on, on twitter we've got uh garrow says gotta go with the solar auxilia range especially the malkador having so many weapon options in the box looking forward to seeing the power x variants of the Valentis Storm section. Yeah, me too. There's just something wacky about just a dude with an axe fighting a space marine. Um, Claude Savagely says the broader Solar Auxilia range. Uh, number two, specifically the Storm section, as they're a big fan of Volkites in any form. And number one, the Daughters of Cain character. Great looking character model, but won't buy as don't play um, Daughters of Cain. Um, Gem, with a brilliant typo, said, I like the towel. It should be Tau. Um, and therefore, I'm a fan of the new crew figures. But the only correct answer is Plastic Solo Auxilia times three. Uh, Ricky says Crew for AOS Crew potential. Ooh, mm-hmm. could be some interesting conversions there. Uh, Vincent Notley says Crew, Crew, and more Crew. Orange, Orange Paints says Crew. It looks like this is their chance to go a bit more wild with the sculpts like AOS as they aren't beholden to the weight of history. That's a really, really good point, actually. And why I kind of like why they've lent into doing a whole sub-faction, because mm. you haven't necessarily got the background that, you know, you've got to stick to so rigidly. I, I hope that when we get to the Eldar release for 10th edition, that they do something similar with the um, Exodites. And again, they've got freedom to just do some wacky dinosaur stuff. Yeah. Um, and then finally, the Paladin Journal says Carusa, the Crute, and the Solar Auxilia. Excellent stuff. I mean, like I say, there was there wasn't a bad review in the whole lot of them, was there? But um, but yeah, thank you everybody for your submissions. Uh, Matt, that leads me to ask, what is the next top three? Well, we've we've all kind of wanted to do some like pushing our hobby this year, so I thought we'd ask for next week. We want to know your top three pieces of advice, pieces of hobby advice you'd give to someone. So that can be about painting or building or collecting an army. It's a nice free form one that hopefully we'll have a little chat about next week. 
Excellent. So we'll be putting messages out across our social media channels on the run up to the podcast recording. So you could submit your reply on there or alternatively, you can get them in early via just sending us a tweet or um, popping a message over on Facebook. Guys, it's been a great show. It's, it's lovely to be talking to you both about all things cool and hobby as always. Absolutely. The danger of doing this podcast, though, is my shopping list gets bigger. <laughs> well, yeah, before we start, before we started the show, I didn't want to see the Sigma Army, and now I want to see the Sigma <laughs> Army. So you're absolutely right. Um, and maybe a detachment of Solar Auxilia for my word diaries. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you're not wrong. Um, but it's been a fantastic show. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed listening to it. And um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another show. Hopefully, Jay will be able to join us for that one. But until then, have a great time hobbying, and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Bruce podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbruce.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbruce or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruceandbruce.